Change. Um, I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, and I have my first hazelnuts um, in my yard. We, we actually harvested hazelnuts. We, we planted these hazelnuts like six years ago, and we've been waiting patiently, and now I'm holding hazelnuts in my hand right now. I'm also a food patriot to the natural world. I know they've figured out the geome of the wheat, but I think we also want to just know that life is far more complex than we could ever analyze it in a simple box. But I'm also a somewhat lazy cook, um, sometimes at least. Um, and behind the scenes is a Hunter. Good morning, Hunter. Good morning. So is summer waning and fall is on its rise? Yeah, I... Oh. I'm counting down the days. I don't want summer to end. I want these days to be really long and drag them out. I do, too. But we do have the state fair coming up. Are, are you a fan of the fair? Oh, yeah, big fan. I'm a big fan of the fair. And uh, we're thrilled to have in studio with us. And we are live. So if this is a great time to call in. I've been doing some pre-tape shows. We are live. So the live call-in number is 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Would love to hear from you. And we're going to be talking about the State Fair in the Minnesota Eats exhibit. And with us is the coordinator of Common Table, Anna Waugh. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. And you're also Thanks a new mother. Yes, I am. How old is your baby? <laughs> uh, six weeks. <laughs> you have a six-week-old baby and you decided to coordinate the Common Table at the Minnesota State Fair. Yep. Yep, it's uh, it's been a fun adventure this summer. <laughs> yeah, but so, thankfully we have a lot of really great groups that we're working with, and so, uh, you know, it makes it makes my life pretty easy. Great. So, okay, what is what is um, what is happening at the Minnesota State Fair? Well, the Minis uh, Common Table has uh, put together an exhibit, and we've presented for the last four years the Minnesota Eats exhibit at the Horticulture Building, uh, and the. The exhibit really strives to encourage fairgoers to think about food differently. So the fair, of course, is all about food. And at the Minnesota Eats building, or Minnesota Eats wing of the horticulture building, we're really hoping to encourage fairgoers to think about where their food is coming from and the impact that that food is having both on our communities and on the environment. Right. And, of course, at the state fair, that is a horticultural-based community. It's the center. It has a long, rich history. And bringing out this um, this sort of, um, or, or returning to organic farming and local foods and pollinators and getting that information in the public sphere. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that we've really worked toward is to make the exhibit really engaging um, through design. So the exhibit came together through a collaboration between designers and uh, local food uh, groups from nonprofits to farmers to restaurateurs. Um, and the idea is to give people some quick snippets uh, throughout the exhibit to think about ways that they can take easy steps to change how they're thinking about food and also how they're acting toward that food. So we have six actions um, that we've highlighted throughout the exhibit. Um, things like nurturing healthy soil. How can you do that in your own home? How can you do that um, for the community by choosing foods that um, are, you know, coexist with um, so maybe some native plants? Uh, we're uh, encouraging people to eat locally, um, both at restaurants and when they're choosing food at uh, the grocery store. Thinking about how how you even go shopping. Um, and then also, also thinking about what do we do with our food once it's in the kitchen? How do we reduce waste? Um, because, you know, so much food, uh, you know, a third of the food in this country is wasted. And it's such a shame. And especially, um, it's not just wasting, I mean, you're wasting water, you're wasting soil, you're wasting life. It, it's, these are very complex issues, and I, it's wonderful to have it in a place like the State Fair. And joining us by phone right now is someone with a very fun title. His title is the Director of Center of, uh, Director of, of the Center of Pollinator, Pollinators and Energy um, with Fresh Energy, Rob Davis. So welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Rob. Thank you. So good to be with you this morning. And I'm uh, just thrilled to be participating in the Minnesota Eats uh, exhibit in the Horticulture Building this year at the State Fair. Great. So tell us a little bit about, um, uh, about the Center for Pollinators and Energy. 
Well, it stacks a couple of very unlikely things together, really. And what we're doing is we're going out to solar companies, so energy companies that are leasing land from farmers and providing you know, practical insights and advice and guidance for them on how to establish perennial, low-growing and flowering meadows over the acres of solar, uh, solar panel sites. Uh, throughout Minnesota and and other places in, in the country, so the the land. Well, underneath don't you think we should just use Roundup and grass under all that <laughs> that solar panels? Yeah, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty crazy, I guess, when you when you realize how many benefits you could stack under and around a solar panel. I mean, the the, the panels are a really good financing vehicle for incredibly high quality pollinator habitat. And of course, you you guys know that like pollinator habitat is enriching the soil. It's really good for water. It's you know reducing stormwater. There's just so many good things for agriculture that come as a result of just thinking a little bit differently and not doing gravel or turf grass, which we really don't need more of, right? Well, no. And the the environmental problems today now. I mean, red tie in Florida is on the that's on the cover of the Star and Tribune today. Um, the flooding in India, the fires. We are having an air quality alert here in the Twin Cities. All of these environmental issues can feel so incredibly overwhelming. And one of the things that seems to balance out that overwhelmingness for me is to know that we can, just as we've been this negative to the natural world, we can change that relationship. And that's, that's what, exactly yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's really, it's really a, a hopeful uh, section that we have in, you know, within the overall exhibit. Um, but it's all about co-location of solar arrays and, you know, these these large-scale meadows, uh, flowering meadows that that uh, really provide urgently needed habitat, not just for the pollinators that that help our food, you know, that pollinate our crops, but also for you know, the, the wildlife that we love, the, the monarchs, the grassland birds, uh, the game birds. So all of these uh, species are at risk and uh, urgently need more acres of healthy habitat. So um, as I under, I, I, the, the amount of prairie left is, is really also a very tragic story. I mean, I think it's like 1% of prairie. Do you know that? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's one, less than 1% of, the, of Minnesota's remaining grassland prairie. And, you know, and, and then similarly, the, the CRP program, the Conservation Reserve Program, is down more than 10 million acres from its high just maybe 15 or 20 years ago. So, you know, there's, there needs to be places to um, protect and uh, provide a healthy habitat for these species because not just, uh, you know, because we, we love them out in nature, but also the state fair. The state fair is all, a lot about food. And, you know, all of the state fair foods that we love actually have, uh, you know, are dependent on, on pollinators. You know, you, you wouldn't have Sweet Martha's cookies without, um, you know, uh, pollinating, uh, insects pollinating chocolate. You wouldn't have uh, glasses of milk without those cattle eating uh, alfalfa, which is a pollinator dependent crop. So, you know, whether it's the foods we eat or the foods that, uh, that our animals eat, we all depend on pollinators, and we have to keep them alive and keep their populations healthy and, and strong. So, and we're talking to Rob Davis with Fresh Energy. He's the director of the Center for Pollinators and Energy. And you're at the um, the Common Table exhibit. So what will you be doing at the Common Table exhibit? Yeah, we have a, a series of educational displays all about uh, the, uh, the connection between state fair foods and pollinators, and then also materials and information about uh, how uh, large-scale solar sites can provide urgently needed acres of healthy flowering landscapes for for these species, um, but then also has some information about the water and soil benefits of uh, of a of a solar site. So Minnesota is a national leader in developing pollinator-friendly solar sites. This is a a standard and a term that's backed up by you know some of our most experienced and and acclaimed entomologists, including Dr. Marla Spivak. So we'll be really providing. Uh, a lot more information to Minnesotans about how these solar sites can provide even more local benefits to the community. Are there places people can go see these pollinator-friendly solar sites? Well, you can certainly visit uh, Fresh Energy's website at uh, fresh-energy.org slash bees love solar. Mm -hmm. And I've got a bunch of different videos and presentations we've done with uh, the National Conservation Training Service and 
International Society of Sustainability Professionals. Um, but there's there's a lot of solar sites just out there in the communities, uh, particularly in around the um, metro area, in the seven county metro area. And some solar sites are pollinator friendly, some are not. So, um, you know, there is a, a list of where you can find a pollinator friendly solar array and drive by it and take a look at it. Um, but do, uh, but, do you but have, easiest to see pictures. Yeah. Rob, do you have tips on how people can eat in a way that's friendly for pollinators? We, Be you know, friendly in the, foods? Yeah, we do have a, a great exhibit uh, as part of the Minnesota Eats uh, exhibition, all about the connection between state fair foods and pollinators and actually the number of visits that a given crop needs to produce a marketable fruit. So you know, a- apples don't just end up perfect and beautiful and huge by accident. It's the result of millions and millions of visits by pollinators. So we live in an interdependent world. <laughs> That's exactly right. And it's, when we just did the math uh, a couple of weeks ago, looking at Minnesota's uh, 2017 apple harvest, that, that harvest, an average harvest, needed between 130 and 200 million individual visits by bees to flowers during the the, the three week or five week series uh, a period of the time when the when the apple flowers were blooming. That's that's phenomenal. And then we have chemicals like Roundup that have been really causing problems for the pollinators. So how we switch this, how we how we uh, make that switch is so critical. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're live. Time for your call. 952-946-6205. It's grilling season and Vinaigrette has some sizzling recipes to inspire you. How about summertime grilled fajitas? Just create a marinade with our golden balsamic or champagne vinegar and chili garlic or jalapeno olive oil and marinade beef or chicken. Add red onions, red, green, and yellow peppers and throw them on the grill. Or try grilled steak brushed with our truffle or garlic olive oil. Visit us at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior or online at vinaigrettemn.com. It's summertime and the neighborhood is full of activity. Blue Sky Services offers power washing and soft washing for home siding, composite decks, walkways, roofs, and more. They will have your home sparkling like new without damaging your exterior landscape or yard. Call 651-447-4484 to take advantage of the final sale before the fall, this month only. Get an early start with Blue Sky's August sale prices and keep your house looking healthy while adding value to your home. Call 651-447-4484. That's Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. Hi, this is Laura with Food Freedom Radio, and we're going to be at the Minnesota State Fair in the Minnesota Eats exhibit on most days of the fair from 3 to 5. We'd love for you to stop by and say hi. Also, we want to collect lazy good food recipes. What are lazy good food recipes? Well, I don't really know because what's lazy and good for me is a little different than what's lazy and good for you. But we have to figure out what is good for the planet. What's good for water? What's good for soil? What's good for pollinators? What's good for animals? What's good for equity? And let's do it in a way that's fun and healthy and nourishing. So listen to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950 on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Or stop by the Minnesota State Fair at the Minnesota Eats exhibit at the Horticulture Building. Also, if you have a favorite way of cooking, let us know at foodfreedomradio.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. Hi, this is Paul Metzit inviting you to listen to the Wall of Power Radio Hour every weekend on AM 950. We are now in our third year of broadcasting on the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. MinPost has called us one of the 22 most independently entertaining and cool radio shows in the Twin Cities. We feature cool people from all walks of life and from all 50 states. Every Saturday at 6 p.m., replayed Sunday at 4 p.m. on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. 
Laura Headline, and you're live. The live call-in number is 952-946-6205, and we are talking about the State Fair. In studio with us is Anna Anna Wong, and she's the coordinator with the Common Table. So set the stage for us. Where is this located at the State Fair? Sure. So it is one of the wings of the Horticulture Building, which is just on the south east side of the fair. So as you come in through the main entrance off of Snelling, take a left um, and it's the big building with the spokes where you can also see the giant pumpkin. That's it. It's the, the lo- building with the giant pumpkins. The giant pumpkins and also uh, the craft beer. So Ooh. stop by, grab a beer, and then <laughs> and then come over and learn something about, about f- sustainable foods. And so, and it's a beautiful collaboration of a lot of different groups. And joining us right now is uh, Lynn from uh, Spark Y. Lynn Howe, you're the community uh, communication outreach for Spark Y. Hello. Hi, welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Lynn. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell our, our listeners again about what is Spark Y. Yeah, so Spark Y is a nonprofit. We're based in Minneapolis. Um, we are rooted in hands-on education in sustainability and entrepreneurship, and our big mission is youth empowerment. So we do this through three programs uh, or three branches of our organization. That's through our school programs, an annual summer internship, and an urban agriculture lab. Um, And I can talk more about these kind of as we go. Um, But those are our three main branches of the organization. Great. And so what will you be doing at the State Fair? Yeah, so we're really excited to be there again this year. Um, We'll have two ongoing workshops that are kind of some of the flagstones of our teaching tools and how we really walk the walk of sustainability. Um, One will be vermicomposting. It's similar to um, traditional composting, but it uses worms as a way to decompose the matter. Um, And we will also be using a mini kit for an aquaponics system, which is a way of growing produce using a um, closed system of fish and plants. So when it's a mini system, does this mean it's for a household level? Uh, Yeah, I guess anybody could set one up right in their home, um, as long as you have a fish tank and some of the required ingredients, um, which are just a grow media tray and a pump. But it's really pretty simple to set up. Um, Actually, this summer we helped teach middle schoolers how to set some up, and um, they were able to do it on their own. So, Anna, why why let the public know about organizations like Spark Y at a place like the State Fair? Yeah, well, one of the main things that uh, we talked about when we were when we were putting the exhibit together was that we really wanted to make sure that we were giving voices to all uh, you know a diversity of groups and people um, who are working with lots of. Um, you know, who are working with lots of people from from communities around the around the metro and also um, around the state, and groups like Spark Y are doing such cool work, um, and probably wouldn't necessarily have the time or a platform to um, be at the fair in one of the other buildings. So we thought, let's talk to a lot of groups. So we have a lot of startups. We have a lot of small restaurants. Um, you know, people who probably couldn't be at the fair for all 12 days, right. um, but are able to, uh, you know, put in a few hours here and there in the in the building um, in as a part of the Minnesota Eats exhibit. And so we really want to give voice to people who uh, and people in groups who are who are doing such good work in our community. And uh, uh, Lynn, why is that voice important? Why is it? Why do you want to share your story? Yeah, so I guess sustainability means something different for everyone. But for me, I like to integrate all of my experience into really being able to empower our visitors and the youth that we serve. Um, So my mission personally is to really help the most vulnerable populations, and I like to bring that lens into the work that I do um, and being able to engage visitors and show them the comprehensive and more holistic side of sustainability um, to show them that it doesn't just mean preserving our environment. Um, We talk a lot about the five E's of sustainability. The other four E's, um, in addition to environment, are economics, equity, empowerment, and education. Um, Without all of those, you won't be able to have a truly successful view of sustainability. So being able to reach a lot of visitors at the State Fair is a huge way that we can really quickly tell everyone about kind of this comprehensive view that we have. Yeah, uh, and one of the things, too, is we 
you know, food injustice is such a big issue. We know even though we have one of the richest countries in the world, millions of Americans are suffering from either from not having enough food or uh, not, you know, not having access to healthy food. Um, and right here in the Twin Cities, we have areas that are food deserts um, where people can't access fresh fruits and vegetables and things are improving. Um, but we, we really wanted to use the exhibit as a way to empower um, people to learn about how to, how to get access to that food in a, in a, um, you know, potentially inexpensive way, um, and also to learn more about about food through growing their own. Or yeah. and I want to put this in context because there's been some uh, the major story um, Roundup um, got sued, and if anyone wants to listen to the show we did on that, uh, that was on uh, in July. We did it with uh, uh, on July 21st. Um, uh, we had a show with the uh, lawyer um, uh, for that case and Pat Kerrigan with the Organics Consumers Association. But our food system right now is dependent on, on pesticides and fertilizers, which harm the water. And so the potential is to go from a food system that harms people to one that can heal. Is that is that the hope and vision behind all of this activity? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think also, I mean, it's important, too, to think about how are we, you know, how are we moving toward that system in a way um that's positive. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, the historical reasons for how we ended up with the food system that we have um, in some ways came out of, a, out of a good place, trying to feed a lot of people in, in a, with, you know, with fewer resources. Um, but, you know, it's also, it's, it's, it's taken over a lot of our land and it's not necessarily the way, um, you know, it's, it's not a choice that everyone has to make. Right. And Rob, Rob, you're still on the line. We've got about another minute. So did you want to comment on, oh, I guess we're getting waved by Hunter. So, um, um, so do you want to comment on that, Lynn? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one powerful way that we really, embody the work of sustainability is showing people a tangible way that we can address these huge global issues in a very localized way um, by doing our school programs and showing our youth that they can create and build their own aquaponic system. And then um, in some of our most successful models, we've been able to create a farm to or a garden to cafeteria model where mm. students grow all of the produce and they're able to serve it right there in their cafeteria. Um, and how, and do, how do the kids really respond to that? That's, that's really cool. How do the kids respond to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think overall, a lot of students might not be able to wrap their mind around being able to grow their own food, especially in such an urban setting um, where they don't have that kind of exposure. But when we're able to provide that clarity in the classroom, they're able to see the entire system of um, growing something from scratch and then being able to serve it and prepare it um, and then seeing how that whole system is uh, very closed and open to the environment. And Lynn, one thing I um, really love about the aquaponics that you're doing is that it's a way to grow food year-round in Minnesota. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's also um, huge for our students to be able to see and also, even for our younger kiddos, um, just something great that they can interact with. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're all talking about the Minnesota State Fair and the Minnesota Eats exhibit. Also, Food Freedom Radio is going to be there with some lazy good food recipes. And uh, we're asking you for help with the lazy food good recipes. Uh, my, uh, so uh, we'll be taking a break and we'll be back. So across the sea. Hi, Sarah from Vinaigrette. Farmers markets are everywhere and summer's bounty is limitless. Try rustic caprese salad using spring mix, fresh mozzarella, grape or cherry tomatoes, red onion, fresh basil, garlic olive oil, and our 18-year-age balsamic. Or try grilled romaine brushed with Tunisian olive oil. Vinaigrette makes it easy to love your vegetables. Visit us at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis or 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. 
Victor's 1959 Cafe in South Minneapolis is a locally owned and operated restaurant offering traditional Cuban food. Open for breakfast and lunch daily with dinner Tuesday through Saturday. For night shift workers, Victor's even has both a morning and evening happy hour. And Victor's now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try some delicious authentic Cuban cuisine like ropa vieja and seafood paella. Make your reservation and learn more at victors1959cafe.com. Victor's 1959 Cafe, revolutionary Cuban cooking. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trust Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Preventative measures, including annual mammograms and screenings, all contribute to early breast cancer detection. Call your doctor today and schedule an exam for a healthier tomorrow. A health tip, courtesy of the folks who care at Home Depot Plymouth, reminding you that Minneapolis is a great place to live and they're doing their part to keep it that way. That's Home Depot Plymouth, on the air working for a healthier and better community for you and your entire family. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Today, patchy smoke, mostly sunny with a high near 86. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 65. And Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 85. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com Restaurant of the Week is The Great Wall. Just north of 50th and France in Edina, The Great Wall Restaurant has been providing a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Find out more at EatLocalMinnesota.com. Freedom Radio, Dear Prudence, can we learn to be prudent with uh, the natural world? Can we have respect for the natural world? Uh, can we change the food system to one from one that adds toxicity to one that helps pollinators and, and create something um, more sane and more kind? And there is a display at the Minnesota State Fair in the Agriculture Building uh, put on by the Common Table, and it is and, and that's what we're talking about today. And with us in studio, studio is Anna Waugh. So, hi, Anna. Hi. Hi. So, we were talking, um, also, your baby's seven weeks old. Yeah. And that's so exciting. <laughs> and does, it, does that make this work even more urgent when you're sitting there? And you, you, you I mean, we have, again, the fire yeah, issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, as a person who cares about the environment, it's scary when you hear about pretty much anything that's happening these days. Um, you know, there's an air quality alert today in Minnesota, and I was – uh, texting my husband on the way over here saying, keep the baby inside for the day. And I mean, that's, that's scary. And you think about asthma and all of that. And so I think, um, you know, any work that we can do to, uh, create a better world for tomorrow is, is really important. And it feels more urgent to me now than ever. Right. So tell us uh, about what it, what people will see at the uh, Minnesota Eats exhibit. Sure. So it's a, it's a, Wing of the Horticulture Building. Um, there's going to be great performances there this year. Um, we have a, a group uh, groups from across the metro area um, doing different displays. Uh, we have already talked with Rob from Fresh Energy and Lynn from Spark Y, but um, we're also going to have. Uh, 
an ex exhibition of a straw bale garden, which is a giant vertical garden that shows you how you can use straw bales to um, plant all kinds of things like squash and um, even in very small spaces like a balcony. Um, we'll also have uh, Scra a, a swa a straw bale on your balcony. Yep, you can have it on your balcony. You could have a, you can have much larger displays in your backyard. But it, the cool thing about it is it's vertical, and so you're you're not using up as much. So you don't need as much space as in soil as you would in other you know as as in a t traditional garden. Um, we'll also have a group from uh, called well we'll have a collaboration of groups called Our Town, which is a collaboration of uh, Project Sweetie Pie. Yeah, and we love Mike Cheney. Yep, He's been on there several times. Exactly, and a couple of other groups um, from nor from the north side of Minneapolis who Breaking, are... Breaking uh, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change. And they're going to be singing their song, Grow Food? I, I believe I believe so. So we have we have a really cool schedule. You can check it out um, on the State Fair's website, and it has all of the different So how do people look at that at. schedule? Um, so you can go uh, to the State Fair's website, and um, we will post it at the Common Table's Facebook page. Um, so you can just search for um, Common Table Minnesota on Facebook, and we'll post the entire schedule there. Great, great. And, uh, and, um, and so, uh, Lynn, do you want to talk about what SparkWise could be doing at the, um, uh, at the exhibit? Yes, absolutely. So two of our flagstone teaching tools are vermicomposting and aquaponics. Um, these are two tangible ways that people can really contribute to sustainability um, on an individual level. Um, so vermicomposting is similar to traditional composting, but it uses worms to break down organic matter. Um, and the result is a more nutrient-rich soil um, due to the unique digestive enzymes in the worms themselves. Um, in addition to that, we have aquaponics, which is a way that you can grow produce using a closed system of fish and plants. So the system that we will have at the State Fair is a mini system. Um, so it's just a typical 10-gallon tank um, and a small grow bed on top. Mm -hmm. And we'll be talking about both of those systems. Cool. I have fish tanks. <laughs> so, can, can, so you can do this yeah, with your fish tank? I mean, <laughs> okay, so uh, the the, um, the fair, uh, there's six areas of actions, and so buy local. Let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that buying local. Sure. So the bulk of the exhibit was put together in 2016 through a collaboration between designers from AIGA, which is a design uh, network of um, graphic designers, copy editors, um, pretty much anyone from the design community. And we had two amazing um, women, Linda Henneman and Sandy, um, who put together, who collaborated with over 50 designers to uh, think about really simple kind of, I don't want to say sound bites because it's visual, but um, little bites of information um, throughout the exhibit. So by local, um, there's a big display about when different foods are ripe in Minnesota um, so that when you're going to uh, maybe a farmer's market or uh, you sign up for a CSA, you might know what's going to be in your box that week. Right. Um, we also collaborated with um, about a dozen restaurants um, just to um, think about which restaurants are really taking this um, call to action to heart um, and, are, and have highlighted them in the state fair. You know, I think a lot of, especially restaurants that are really using great local practices may not have the opportunity to do uh to do work at the state fair. Right. Um, and so this was a way to kind of highlight their work uh, in a way that people can, um, you know, learn about those restaurants at the fair and then hopefully go and frequent them on their own time afterwards. And so then, uh, and then the other ones are nurture soil is, is one of the other important aspects. And why is that important to nurture soil? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we mentioned earlier that less than 1% of the prairies are left in Minnesota. Um, and prairies are really the reason that we have such great soil and why farming is 
available here. Um, so for thousands and thousands of years, we had ecosystem, an ecosystem that included prairie, um, and that and those grasses are, you know, the breakdown of those grasses over thousands of years is what made our soil in Minnesota so rich. Um, today, you know, the typical farming practice breaks down soil much at a very fast rate. Um, we have tilling and, um, you know, it, it's also contributing to poor water quality in the Mississippi and Minnesota rivers. It's contributing to the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico um, because all of that soil is running off. And so, you know, we're using the exhibit to teach people about the importance of soil um, and thinking about how can we do things differently? So one of the things that Rob Davis was talking about earlier, um, you know, planting native plants in solar fields, not only does that benefit pollinators, but it also benefits soil um, because it, you know, those those grasses and those uh, those flowers that provide good food for pollinators also help to capture soil. So, um, you know, there's a large scale thing, a large scale issue with soil, um, you know, which takes policy to affect. And then there's also things that people can do in their own homes to benefit soil. I want to hear Aretha Franklin sing Respect um, some more because it really is about respect for the reciprocal world. I mean, food nourishes us. Do we nourish food? Right. And how do we create those circles of respect? And, 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 and in a nice public way like the State Fair, I love it. And so uh, another big part of this is to promote justice. And I know, Lynn, you were also talking. These are linked, justice and soil. Lynn, do you want to address that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the challenges of environmentalism and sustainability is really relating these larger global issues to um, vulnerable populations who might not have the privilege of thinking about such larger systems um, when they have more immediate needs. Um, I know that's been a struggle for me just in my personal life as I um, have worked with a lot of these populations in my um, work experience. But being able to address all of these um, issues in a way that is accessible to all audiences um, and making sure that we are targeting the right populations who might be disproportionately affected um, by these changes that are going on in our environment. Um, that's that environmental justice portion that we really and, you know um, that like is so that is so vital because I think sometimes organic food is seen as elitist, and so the people who are not who are fully experiencing the opportunity gap that we have in this world. Um, you know, oh, I'm supposed to eat the Roundup stuff that causes brain damage <laughs> uh, and the chlorophyphus. That's, I mean, how do we, how do we, that, that's just unkind. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. It's definitely a tough conversation to have. Um, so just being able to frame that conversation around um, what types of ways are we really contributing to these systems, to these greater systems, and how can we make it so that everybody has a voice and everybody has a way to impact change in that system? Right. We're, we all have equal personal power. Everyone has equal personal power. So this display is about how we have our personal power to transform a food system. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely vital at what we do. Cool. Um, and so the other thing is you want to take away for every age and interest, because this is a general audience. I mean, I'm eating my corn dogs. I'm going on rides. So, you know, people are people are in their own little zone. But you want to have some little takeaways for every age. Yeah. So one of the things that we've done in the exhibit is make it very visually appealing. So a lot of people we see taking selfies with, you know, different parts of the exhibit or, um, you know, taking away a picture of um, something that they've learned. We also have a lot of hands-on, um, kind of ha super hands-on ways to engage with the exhibit. Um, so there's like a, a, a little kitchen where we see a lot of kids engaging with different um you know, vegetables there. There's things at every eye level. So there's things for, for younger kids as well as, um, you know, ways that, that, that for older, you know, for older audiences as well. Um, and of course, the, the entire exhibit is accessible for, for anybody. So um, we're, we, you know, we, we want 
We want everyone to take something away from it. Yeah, and one of the things. So I'll be there um, on some on some days. I'm, I'm uh, Thursday, August twenty third, um, three to five. Um, I I know I'll be there. And one of the things that I want to be is interviewing people on my cell phone and just asking them for their lazy good food recipes. Because great. Mean, I, I yeah, and it, it sort of came up spontaneous, but. So much of this, oh, I got to eat organic and this is hard. How do I cook? How do we make it easy and accessible? And so do you have lazy ways? Your mother, a new mother? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the easiest things um, that I do is just go to the farmer's market and see what's there. And, you know, sometimes there's like something pre-made even at the farmer's market and yeah. that's really easy. Um and, uh, There's all sorts of easy, lazy ways. Usually and, and, very, uh, usually very inexpensive too at the farmers market. So that's my wonderful. favorite thing. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. We have one segment left, and time for your calls: nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Join the Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe for seasonal dishes using locally sourced ingredients, Minnesota craft beers, and organic wines on the new outdoor patio. Their delicious vegetarian, vegan, and omnivorous menu options are sure to satisfy. Sustaining a healthy community, find Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe at 2601 East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis and online at coopcreamery.coop. The Bad Waitress at 700 Central in Northeast Minneapolis is a bit more grown up than its sister on Nicolette. The Northeast location's finer diner vibe offers craft cocktails from a full bar and an innovative new dinner menu. Still committed to supporting local purveyors and serving organic whenever possible. See the Northeast menu at thebadwaitress.com. Hi, this is Laura with Food Freedom Radio, and we're going to be at the Minnesota State Fair in the Minnesota Eats exhibit on most days of the fair from 3 to 5. We'd love for you to stop by and say hi. Also, we want to collect lazy good food recipes. What are lazy good food recipes? Well, I don't really know because what's lazy and good for me is a little different than what's lazy and good for you. But we have to figure out what is good for the planet. What's good for water? What's good for soil? What's good for pollinators? What's good for animals? What's good for equity? And let's do it in a way that's fun and healthy and nourishing. So listen to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950 on Saturdays at 8 a.m. or stop by the Minnesota State Fair at the Minnesota Eats exhibit at the Horticulture Building. Also, if you have a favorite way of cooking, let us know at foodfreedomradio.com. I'm John Peterson, and at Ferndale Market, we are proud to provide our free-range turkey to local restaurants and natural food stores. One of our partners since the beginning has been Birchwood Cafe, and we're excited to announce a new partnership product, the Birchwood Turkey Burger Patty, made from their popular turkey burger recipe using our antibiotic-free turkey and Birchwood's local and organic ingredients. Put an end to bland turkey burgers. Find this and all our Ferndale turkey products at your local co-op or natural food store. Visit FerndaleMarket.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Welcome back uh, to Food Freedom Radio. This is a change. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we've been talking about the Minnesota State Fair. Um, and, and again, uh, we have an air quality crisis uh, or, uh, noticed today in, in the Twin Cities. The, there's fires, there's floods, there's red tides. There's so many environmental problems. And food is deeply, deeply connected to this climate crisis. A, tw- a 2018 uh, recent study from IATP, which is local and grain, reports that the five largest meat and dairy corporations combined are, are responsible for more annual greenhouse emissions than ExxonMobil or Shell or BP. 
And if you want to read that report in its entirety, you can go to IATP.org. And also Cornucopia came up with a new report about how um, organic milk is also being taken over by the dominant players. And it's, it, it's, 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 and that, that hopefully is going to be the topic of our show next week. But what we need is an organic revolution, and an organic revolution is the future of food for the world. You know, and, and I, I just read this great um, uh, article from Bob Quinn. He's an organic farmer who also will be a future guest on Food Freedom Radio. But he talks about a major shift is happening right now in agriculture. And he points to areas in India. Um, in one state, uh, 100% of them converted to organic, 65,000 uh, farmers. Another area with 1 million smallholders converting to organic um, and saying no to the, the Roundup industrial system. Um, but here's the quote that I love is the goal of the Green Revolution was to feed the people of the world. The goal of the organic revolution is to nourish the people of the world and to heal the earth where we live. That's cool. Doesn't it give you goosebumps? Yeah. Yeah. So connect this to the State Fair. The State Fair is the heart of Minnesota or horticulture. Yeah. Well, I think one of the one of the things about the State Fair that you think about is it's not you're not thinking necessarily about healthy foods at the State <laughs> Fair. You know, it's like fried butter on a stick. Right. <laughs> but one of the things that uh, – but just because, you know, I, th I think holistically we can think about food in so many different ways. It's part of our culture. It, it represents our values. It, you know, you come, to, you come to the table with your family at dinner, and uh, – and I love that nourishing quote, the quote about nourishing because that's what food should be doing. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to do at the Minnesota Eats exhibit as well. You know, one of the one of the things that we that we put together there is a is a table that just has chairs around it. And throughout the last few years, you know, the exhibit's really been in place since 2016. We see people just sitting and having a conversation, and sometimes it's a quiet spot for people to get away from the hubbub of the rest of the fair, which is, you know, so, so exciting and fun. Um, but, you know, I think it's important just to have that, that space for community and the space to think about, um, you know, how, how, how are we impacting both our own bodies and the environment? Right. And Lynn, that's the work of Spark Y too. Yes, Absolutely. Um, I love the idea that at the common table, everyone's able to come together and see all of these sustainable um, measures in such a contained space um, and really learn about so many of these different topics uh, so quickly. That's cool. And so, Lynn, um, I, I know we only have about five minutes left on the show. Do you want to tell people how they can learn about SPREC-Y if they don't go to the state fair? And um... Yes, absolutely. Um, so as Community Outreach Coordinator, um, we have several initiatives that are um, starting up to get you involved. Um, we have volunteers in our urban agriculture lab who help harvest um, and plant and take care of our uh, plant and fish maintenance. Um, in addition, you can visit us on the web at spark-y, that's the letter y, dot org. Um, you can learn more about us there. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, feel free to use that contact form on the page, um, and we will get back to you right away. Great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Lynn Hugh with uh, Spark Y for joining us. And we've got a few more minutes here, Anna Wa with the common table of the Minnesota Eats building. So, uh, again, um, set the stage of the hours that this is open and what's happening. Absolutely. So it's open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day except for Monday on Labor Day. Um, and then the building closes at 8 p.m. that day. Uh, we have a lot of really cool... Um, people to talk to, like Lynn, like Rob, who we spoke to earlier, um, who will be there throughout the week. Uh, the schedule will be posted on our website at commontablemn.org, as well as uh, links to that will be on our Facebook page, um, so you can find us at Common Table. And, uh, you know, I think the best part of it is really you can just come and hang out for a few minutes learn something, see something cool, um, take that away, and then, uh, you know, continue throughout the fair, um, seeing everything else that's, I mean, 
<laughs> so amazing at the fair. <laughs> everything is so amazing. And so the times that uh, Food Freedom Radio is going to be there is August 23rd from 3 to 5, um, August 31st from 3 to 5, and uh, Labor Day from uh, 3 to 5. We will be there more times, but that's, you know, sort of the official times. But we'll be hanging out hanging out there and trying to get people to, to just talk about ways of cooking that honors water and soil and how we make this huge transformation that, that we need to make if, if we want our babies to have babies and yeah. their babies to have babies. Yeah. But if we don't want that, then, you know, stay, <laughs> stick with the zombie soil, you know. <laughs> so uh, so um, let's uh, talk more about um, so another big um, thing that you're doing there is emphasizing the reducing waste because waste is so tragic. I mean, in a time where so many people are hungry, we waste so much food. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that... Um, we, you know, as we were researching this exhibit that was so surprising is just to think about all of the food that gets thrown away before it ever even reaches the supermarket shelves. So everyone loves a perfect, a perfect carrot. How many spears are in a carrot? One, right? That's actually not true. If you ever grow your own carrots, a lot of those carrots come out with two or three kind of attached. It's, you know, uh, you, you have what we call ugly food. Right. Uh, and ugly food tastes just as good as beautiful food. It does. It um, does. And so uh, thinking last time about... I was at the farmer's market, the farmer I, I, I uh, offered me some, well, these, are, you know, these aren't as perfect, so he gave them to me. I was like, yay, I made great sauces out of that one. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, uh, you know, thinking about what does food look like we, we can change the way that we think about um, what, is, what is a perfect food. Um, and also thinking about, I think, one of the easiest things for a, home, for a person at their home is making a list before you go out shopping. I mean, that's reduced the waste in our household by a lot. Just thinking ahead, what recipes am I going to be making this week? What do I need for those yes. recipes? How many times am I going out? Maybe tonight. Tonight I'm tonight I'm seeing friends, so actually I don't need a meal for tonight. Um, you know, and kind of planning well, ahead. I'm going to get back to that song from uh, Aretha Franklin on, on, <laughs> on respect, because I don't have much food waste because I respect the food. You yeah. know, I don't want to throw away. I don't want to throw away people. I don't want to throw away food. I don't want to throw away planet. Yeah. So I thank you so much, Anne. Anne Thank you for having us on. And again, we're just so excited that we're at the fair. So thank you to the Minnesota State Fair as well. Yeah. Thank you to the Minnesota State Fair. Yay. (laughs) Wonderful. And thank you for listening to uh, Food Freedom Radio. Thank you.